Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Part-Time Genius, a production of iHeartRadio. Guess what, Will? What's that, Mango? So I was thinking about how sometimes we forget that all these simple things around us are really music. And what do you mean by that? Like I was in traffic coming from the airport this weekend and everyone was honking. And I remembered how most cars actually honk in the key of F. Mm -hmm. Or this is another thing. When I was in high school, this kid, Sean, and my jazz band realized that our high school's bell rang at, I think, a G. So when the class was over and the first bell rang, everyone would harmonize and play a G7 chord on their instruments. (laughs) (laughs) So nerdy. So stupid. But uh, of course, I loved it. But this week, I learned that if you want to get an alligator's attention, all you have to do is grab your tuba and play a B flat. Okay, I, I like that for this experiment. All you have to have, you got to have an alligator and a tuba nearby. But, but <laughs> so, so what exactly happens when you play a B flat? It is magical because for, <laughs> because for some reason that note arouses male gators, and when an alligator hears it, it'll bellow or call back to you. Is this a real thing? Yeah, it's actually got this great origin story. So apparently in the 1940s, the New York Philharmonic took a field trip to the Natural History Museum. And while they were warming up there, this alligator named Oscar, who I guess was a part of the Natural History exhibit at the time, he just started moaning. (laughs) And, you know, there are all these scientists there and they were watching and, you know, he'd start moaning and then the instruments would play and then then he'd moan and then he'd stop and it would start again. (laughs) And, And so, you know, the scientists stopped the musicians and got them to start playing different notes to see what was specifically causing it. And for whatever reason, it turns out B-flat was the key to the alligator call. Thanks to this great science done by Oscar and the New York Philharmonic, plenty of folks have actually repeated the experiment and gotten alligators to duet with them. 
But you actually have to remember not any B-flat works. You actually have to play the B-flat that's one octave below middle C to really get them going. Okay. That's just the first of nine wonderful facts we've got about alligators today. So let's dig in. Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Part-Time Genius. I'm Will Pearson, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Mangesh Hatikader. And on the other side of that soundproof glass, our good buddy, Ramsey. He's giving us his best toothy grin. <laughs> All right, Mango. So it's been a while since we've done one of these shows. I know. I, I've actually missed it so much. And two things before we kick this off. One, I promised that if and when we finally started doing the show again, we'd give a shout out to our listener's son, Apollo who is a fan of the show or was a fan of the show. Mm -hmm. But Apollo, if you're listening, tag us on Instagram. We want to see what you're up to. What's up, Apollo? <laughs> this weird show about alligators is for you. Mm -hmm. And two, Will, I know you've gone to St. Pete's in Florida so many times, but I don't know why you didn't tell me that they keep baby alligators in their mini golf places there. The only downside to doing this episode is that I was hoping to save this for when we both, I know both of us really want to retire to Florida. And since we're really bad at most sports, <laughs> instead of golf, we were going to retire there to play mini golf. And that's mm -hmm. when I was going to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> the big reveal. Well, mm -hmm. So my in-laws rented a place there for winter break and we took my kids mini golfing. And the fact that there were tiny gators that you could feed these pellets. So crazy. You put alligator food on the little fishing rod and mm -hmm. send it down. Honestly, it was the greatest thing. And the mini golf was so unremarkable. But the fact <laughs> that my tiny monsters were feeding these tiny monsters yep. was just Pretty so cool. great. <laughs> so I thought, you know, I wanted to learn more about gators. That's awesome. And, and actually, you have one more reason, right? Yeah, and this one's a little more personal. My dad has been pretty ill recently. I know I told you this, mm -hmm. but he can't really watch things, but he loves you and he has stacks of mental floss in his garage and he's a huge, huge part-time genius fan. So he and Apollo might be the only ones left out there, but <laughs> <laughs> I thought hearing us laugh and be goofy and sharing facts would make him smile. So thank you for making the time to do some more episodes with me. Oh, I love your dad. This was a no-brainer to do this. And it makes sense for this topic because when I think of your dad, I always think of his love for these big, aggressive reptiles. It's kind of like his thing. So sure. it makes sense you pick this theme, especially for him. But we've actually got eight facts to go. So uh, what do you say I do the next one? Yeah, go for it. All right. So I actually wanted to build on your B-flat fact because bellowing is one of those things crocodiles do as a mating ritual. And so the bellow does this amazing thing to the water. It's where the alligator just raises his head and tail out of the water. So his back and belly are still submerged. You know, it's almost like if you, you imagine like a banana curved up and so you lower it into the water so both ends are sticking out. <laughs> and, you know, you can picture this, right? Except that instead yeah. of a banana, it's a gator. Just go with me. Just, just think about it. And so when the gator bellows or does its deep growl, these vibrations make the water around its body kind of kind of like ripple out. It's, it's, it's actually pretty spectacular if you look at this in, in slow motion. And it's very, very appealing to female alligators, of course. And is that the main way that male alligators like court females? Like they don't dim the lights and play smooth jazz? Mm -hmm. Neither of those things. But this is, this is one 
part of it. So sometimes you'll hear one gator bellow and then another male gator will will try to out bellow it by making its own giant ripples. But <laughs> gators have some of the most amazing and, and really romantic courting rituals too. There was this, this piece in Wired I was looking at and they like, quote, head slapping on the water surface, snout and back rubbing and blowing bubbles. You know, the usual. It's pretty mm. awesome. <laughs> That's pretty romantic. So... Here's one I hadn't realized. I know Cape Canaveral is in Florida and it's where NASA launches and lands shuttles, but I didn't realize the land around it is actually a wildlife sanctuary. And this is all stuff I learned in Modern Farmer. But in the 1960s, NASA bought about 145,000 acres of coastal property there. But since they only needed about 6,000 acres, they turned the rest into this Merritt Island National Wildlife Refuge. But according to Modern Farmer, that proximity to wildlife has definitely caused some issues. And I'm reading here, quote, Morning commuters have to wait as bobcats cross the roadway. Shuttle launches are stalled by armadillos. Woodpeckers poke holes in fuel tanks. <laughs> but according to the guy who manages the island call center, the biggest issue at NASA is with, of course, gators. Mm -hmm. And here's how he put it. Quote, we've got gators blocking doorways, climbing fences. We've got little bitty ones to shore big enough the gators. NASA employees are encouraged to keep alert indoors and out. You're never supposed to feed the gators and always check under your cars before hopping in. And since I can't get off this B-flat thing, sometimes when the shuttles land, the gators start bellowing because they're trying to outdo the shuttle's mating call. Wow. Actually, I think this episode could have just been about B-flat. We should do a separate <laughs> one just on, on B-flat. But I, I need you to back up for a second. So what are you supposed to do if you see a gator? I mean, go back inside, I guess. <laughs> That's good advice. <laughs> There's really only one account I read about an employee trying to deal with a gator on his own. He apparently made karate chopping motions and kept yelling, hi-ya. <laughs> the gator hissed and spit, but apparently eventually went away. So I guess if you know you have to deal with a gator, learn karate. Okay. All right. I'll think about that. And, <laughs> and I actually, I realize this is off topic, but did you read about the guy with the alligator at the drive-thru while you were researching for this episode? Uh, no. What, what was this recently? All right. So this was, again, talking about Florida kind of reminded me about this. This is back from, I think it was 2016. So there was this kid that apparently drove up to a Wendy's. He made an order. He got his drink. And then, of course, he tossed a three-foot gator through the window of the drive-thru. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, nobody was hurt, and he didn't really have a motive. Apparently, his mom's defense to the local news was that, you know, he's just a big prankster and can't help himself. Yeah, pranksters. <laughs> what happened to him? So he got charged with, quote, assault with a deadly weapon, which I guess is, you know, not far off. And the judge... Mm. Had some pretty strict terms for him. So one of the punishments, he's banned from Wendy's for life. So, I mean, mm -hmm. you got to really think twice before you throw a gator through a drive-thru because <laughs> you cannot go back for that spicy chicken sandwich. And he was told that he couldn't fraternize with any animals except his mother's dog, which, of course, makes sense. <laughs> so my son, Henry, does the worst pranks. Like, he is under the mistaken impression that just saying April Fool's absolves you of anything you do. <laughs> And two years ago, he decided to pour some water in our bed as a prank. And right before bed, he took three <laughs> giant pint glasses of water and poured them on our mattress. Gotcha. And <laughs> I got so mad. I bet and you we did, had, yeah. And we had to sleep on the guest bed in the living room for two days before the thing cried out. Wow. Yeah, that's quite the prank. 
but I'm really hoping that he never gets access to alligators. <laughs> <laughs> so your fact kind of sounds like the most Florida man headline I've, mm-hmm. I've heard in a while, but, but do you want to do another fact to make up for it? Yeah, yeah. Let me see which one I want to want to do next. All right. Well, this is something I think is super cool. So alligators obviously seem tough because they've got that bony armor on their skin and they can climb fences like you mentioned and do these death rolls and things like that. But even their blood is actually tougher than ours. So mm-hmm. part of the reason you never see an alligator with colds and flus, like have you ever seen an alligator with a cold, mango? You know, I haven't. It's no, weird. you haven't. And that's Kleenex because... does not sell to them. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. It doesn't work at all because they have this incredible immune system. These scientists in Louisiana have actually discovered that the serum in alligator blood can fight off viruses and bacteria, can actually destroy most of the microbes in HIV. Mm. It's actually part of the reason that when an alligator tail is severed in a swamp, Even if the water is muddy and dirty, the animals rarely get infections. So this discovery is incredible because it has all sorts of potential applications for humans. I was looking at this article in National Geographic talking about this, and it was showing that the resulting medicines could help everyone from like diabetes patients with foot ulcers to burn victims to people suffering from various autoimmune diseases. That's pretty remarkable. It's kind of funny that something like a bat could get of us COVID, but an alligator might be the one to cure it. Exactly. Here's a ridiculous one I like just because I like picturing it. Apparently, alligators have two types of walks, a high walk and a low walk or a sprawl. What does that mean? (laughs) Well, the low walk is cooler. Like they kind of drag their belly on the ground and they kind of lazily pull themselves along. But, you know, when they're on the move or late for a meeting, they hightail it. Literally, (laughs) (laughs) they raise their bellies and half their tail up off the ground and they kind of stand upright on all fours wars and then they really move and i i didn't realize this but according to our pals at how stuff works alligators aren't really hunters or gatherers they're more what they call lurkers they Mm kind of just lunge at food so they're opportunistic and they can actually go a few years without eating if they need to but when they decide they're really hungry they can really high walk to a meal they can apparently reach peak speeds of 35 miles per hour on land. Oh, wow. That's fast. Yeah. But they also tire very, very quickly. So they're never going to beat an antelope in a marathon or a half marathon. All right. That's another good fact to write down. (laughs) But speaking of facts, we've got three more facts to go. But let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Welcome back to Part-Time Genius, where we're talking all about gators today. All right, what did you want to talk about next, Mango? So something I think is super cool about alligators is that their sex isn't predetermined by genetics. It actually has all to do with the temperature you store an alligator egg at. Actually, just, just to take a step back, one thing that's fascinating is that in the 1950s and 60s, alligators were nearly hunted to extinction in America. But part of the reason they managed to recover is that the gators lay a lot of eggs, like 30 to 50 of them at one time. Mm. So once there were more restrictions on hunting, they made a quick comeback. But gators make a giant nest, like three feet high and six feet wide, and then they bury their eggs inside it. And the eggs that incubate at around 80 degrees will turn out female, but the ones that incubate at closer to 90 degrees will be male. And in between is just a mix of males and females, which mm -hmm. I think is kind of remarkable. But yeah. the other thing that's interesting about alligators is that the moms also stick around to protect their hatchlings, which is super rare in modern reptiles and mm -hmm. more common, frankly, to birds and some dinosaur species. That is really interesting. So we're down to two last facts, and I'm curious, what do you have as your final last fact? For my final fact, I, I think the most insane thing I found this week is from this article on Smithsonian, and it's called When Kids Played with Alligators in Los Angeles. And the piece is all about a theme park. As soon as I saw this headline, I was like, this is going to be good. And it's all about this theme park. I'd never heard of it before. It was called the California Alligator Farm which I guess operated from 1907 to 1953, so almost half a century. And for only one quarter, you could see over a 1,000 alligators of all sizes. 
And while the gators were exercised and you could, you know, you could watch them eat live chickens, there were 20 ponds with supposedly trained alligators that you could interact with. But the photos are insane. Like there's this picture of a baby in a pen with 30 hatchlings and no parents anywhere to be found there. Yeah, you really need to look this up. There are photos of people riding on the alligator backs. There are pictures of picnics in the water with people in bathing suits eating meals right next to these gators. The gators are actually approaching the table. No one seems to be scared by this. And, and I think my favorite fact is that there are photos of people watching as adult alligators all climb up a ladder and then take a water slide down into the pond for fun. Like, <laughs> it is the weirdest thing. It's like a giant petting zoo for gators. It makes no sense at all. But it sounds fun for the gators, too. Yes, <laughs> like it does. Maybe, that, maybe they were having fun, so they decided not to attack. So I'm definitely going to look this up. But did anyone die there? Like, that all sounds so incredibly dangerous. Yeah, it is. I mean, in that article on how stuff works, the editors write how alligators are really instinctual animals. Because, you know, their brains are only nine grams, and they take about half a tablespoon of space, which means there's no <laughs> such thing as a nice gator. I mean, these things are programmed to behave a certain way, but for whatever reason, there really aren't reports of injuries there. So I, I'm certain there were some that happened. And one thing I do know is there were a lot of signs posted to remind visitors, you know, not to punch the gators or throw rocks sure. at them. So don't don't try that. And apparently college pranksters used to occasionally sneak in and steal a gator, but other than that, there really isn't a whole lot of reporting on, uh, you know, the darker side of an alligator farm. That's amazing. Well, my last fact is kind of fitting. I decided to look up the origins of See You Later Alligator. Okay. All right. What did you find out? Not much. <laughs> good, good. Well, that does it for today. <laughs> so as you might imagine, there's no clear origin story. Like there isn't for a lot of these things, but it's really funny. There's a site called Word Histories, and they looked up early newspaper accounts that reference the phrase. And there are all these explainer columns for adults trying to understand their kids and why they're talking this way. Mm -hmm. So in 1952, there was a column in the Honolulu Star Bulletin that explained teenage slang in Hawaii. And it reads, quote, Many high school students use expressions such as toodaloo tofu or see you alligator, which invite responses like see you soon, goon, and hit the toad road, which I guess means that in a while crocodile wasn't immediately like the default response. Yeah, yeah. I There's like these others though. I'd never also, heard toodaloo tofu. Have you heard that before? No, but it gets better. There's also an explanation from this guy, Lester Rand in the Baltimore Sun. Mm -hmm. And this is from 1954. And he clarifies... The alligator in CU Alligator is an all-encompassing term and relieves the leaving party of having to recite several <laughs> names. <laughs> Such clarity there. Which That's is, great. And in case the olds needed more explanation, it continues that popular teenage rhyming expressions rarely convey any actual meaning and are somewhat confusing. Like, do you know what I mean, Jelly Bean? Let me have steak, Jake, and have a piece of salami, Tommy. Right. Is, the classic. <laughs> No, I don't so, think that's real. <laughs> it feels like a phrase we should bring back, right? Like, like yeah, uh, for sure. Whenever we say goodbye to someone, now I kind of want to say like, "Have a piece of salami, Tommy." Yeah, that's a weird one. And I think if I was a parent, my kid kept saying this as he walked out of the door. I'd, I'd probably be confused enough to want to read an article about what was wrong with him. But anyway, who, who do you think deserves the crown for today's fact off? 
Well, I, I did like the fact that we talked about B flat so much. Yeah, it was a lot of B flat. Those photos of alligators on water slides, I think, have to be my new wallpaper. I'm mm-hmm. going to say you win this crazy alligator farm theme park thing is too good. It's so good looking at those photos. So I, I will take <laughs> it. Thank you very much. I'm honored. That is it for today's part-time genius. If you like hearing this show, hit us up on Twitter or Instagram. Drop us a line in Apple Reviews. And if you have any great gator facts we missed or have a topic you want us to cover, be sure to write to us about those too. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening, especially you, Dad. Part-Time Genius is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.